Sky Sports Radio combined with Harness Racing New South Wales brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Good morning. Welcome to On The Pace with Michael Guerin as we count down to the Eureka, the richest harness race in the world, now 12 days away. At Menangle, $2.1 million up for grabs on what will be a star-studded night. Four Group 1 Breeders Challenge Blue Races, the $2.1 million Eureka and 150000 up for the Len Smith Mile. The field is now set for the Eureka. There will be 14 horses, four emergencies, 10 will go to the post across the front line. We'll talk to David Watson from Clubman Angle about the specifics of that and how you can get involved shortly. But... Today we have a bonus meeting. You don't usually race at Menangle on a Monday, but the Breeders' Challenge heats, two-year-old fillies, three-year-old fillies, boys, girls, they go around today and then the final is going to be held in 12 days' time, or the finals. So the first race there, 12.22. So very unusual for Menangle to race on a Monday. Doug Hewitt is heading there for drives and for... Horses for his father, Bernie Hewitt. Good morning to you, Doug. Hey, Mick, how you going, mate? Mate, I'm well. Congratulations to the family. Jewel Melody took out a big race at Albion Park on Saturday night. I was talking to your dad, and he said, this is, after your mum, his second favourite female. <laughs> yeah, well, we always joke about that she's probably in the world before all us kids, this horse, so <laughs> she's well looked after, and... Um, since all us kids moved out, I think she's got her own bedroom in the house. Yeah, well, he did mention um, her clear second, and none of you guys came in next. So <laughs> maybe you can turn that around today, Doug, because you're taking a couple of the family horses to Menangle. Let's start with race two. That's at 12.55. You're driving our goat. Uh, you've got barrier one up against a decent horse in Lettuce Nipia, but Lettuce Nipia is not unbeatable. What sort of chance would our goat be? Yeah, he's a very lightly race. He's still a green big fella. Uh, he's left late. He's a big lump of a horse, but um, he just keeps on taking that next step. So draw one, it's just perfect for him today. He should get out and I'd say have a nice trail on the favourite. But um, as long as he does everything right today, Nick, I think he's a good chance of uh, being right there in the finish. Uh, I'd say it would be hard, so as long as he keeps up through to the final. On the third on the card, we get the two-year-old fillies on the track, and the stable has Lady Kings Clear. It looks a decent enough race. Um, Siren C's been pretty good in her one start, but I thought Lady Kings Clear, who you guys have taken to a couple of different tracks, one at home, um, another time you've taken her away from home. I would have thought she had to be a good chance in this race. Yeah, I, I have a lot of time for this filly. She's um she's always shown us a fair bit um, since we brought her from the Bathurst sales, and um, she's done a good job so far. She's got brilliant gait speed. Um, Brad Stewart's other horse in that one, Nick, Nick goes good, but hasn't been asked off the gate yet, so I'll be interested to see what he does. But um, she's got unreal gait speed, so I'll put her on the top end and see how she fares. Fourth on the card, you guys have a good horse here. Um, two-year-old Colts and Geldings kick the switch. Son of Lazarus, and, and one of the better sons of Lazarus we've seen around, doesn't look a strong field, 
Doug, and I would have thought the best version of this horse, and most importantly, he's already been to Menangle and won there, probably wins today. Yeah, he, he is a real nice horse. He's one that um, Wayne's bred, and um, he had a little bit of a setback earlier on in his career, and it sort of probably was the best thing for him. He's still maturing, but he's, um, yeah, he's just got unreal speed, and got, he's got the whole package, so... Um, hopefully you can get it done today and get ready for the final next week. Lazarus is a horse, of course, who, who did stand in New South Wales at one stage. Um, he's a champion horse, and many people remember him racing on the track. How does Kick the Switch look compared with Lazarus? Because Lazarus was a very strong, typical bidder's delight, and the ones I've seen in America, the more they look like Lazarus, the better they've gone. Yeah, this like... Um Similar in appearance, he's just a little bit lighter than the typical Lazarus's. Um, a bit more lean, but um, yeah, he's still got some pretty similar attributes, and I'm hoping that I think he'll be a nice Derby horse next year. So he's just building towards that now. He's got unreal speed, and he's just getting stronger as his career goes on. Doug, you have an outside drive for Daryl Dwyer on Balaganoush in the fifth on the card, but. Uh, this looks not a super strong field, apart from Tintin Joe, who who really stands out here, and um, pretty hard to see anybody beating her. Yeah, that, she's a lovely filly, that one. But um, yeah, Daryl asked me the other day if I could drive, and thing is that Daryl's horse is always pretty much on the money. So um, I'll have a chat when I get down here today and uh, see what his game plan is. But she's not out of that race for sure. In the eighth on the card that goes at 4.34, you're driving another stable horse, always lightning. Look, again, doesn't look a super strong field. There's chances here for a horse to make the final. What's the attitude with always lightning? Because you've got barrier two. The favourite's got barrier one directly inside you. And, of course, being an angle, there's no second line. So would you be a chance to maybe slide across to the trail? Yeah, definitely. Uh, looks looks like a perfect race for him just to jump straight on which um, is back there on Mr. 4000. Uh, he's a real nice horse. He showed that last Wednesday, but um, he's always light. And he's, he's a nice horse in his own right. He's not a superstar, but um, the thing that's going to take him a long way is he just does everything spot on. So um, it always helps with younger horses if you can drive them how you want and not have to be worried too much about them. So he'll get a nice trail along there and hopefully he can finish close enough. Doug, in the ninth on the card, you drive a horse I can't quite work out, and it's Rippin' Rupert. Probably the worst thing that ever happened to him was winning the Sapling Stakes at his first or second start, and everybody thought he was going to be a potential star, but since then, he's really struggled to find that form again. I, I, I think your dad told me once he had a setback at some stage. What do we make of Ripping Rupert? Yeah, it was tricky, because he once he had the setback, he still had a couple other races that he was aimed at. And, um, we sort of pushed to get him back to there, and he showed that he could do it, and then just didn't really do it on the track. So um, I think after his latest spell, he's put weight on, and he's starting to look nice again. Um, that three-year-old series, is, it's going to be tough. It's real nice on there, and better be the best. But um, uh, best of Rip and Rupert, he, he should go pretty close in that heat there today, I thought. OK, so he's long odds on the tab. You're thinking we might see something like his best because uh, he's probably got better overall form, his best form, than the horses he takes on on race night. 
still, that's the thing, like on his trial, recent trial form, he's starting to get back to where he was. He's looking good, feeling good. But um, like I said, it's just whether you get the right rhythm record on the day. And at the moment, he's feeling good after his little bit of a let-up. So um, hopefully he handles the trip down here. And I, I honestly think him at his best today, I think he'll go close. And the last on the card, yeah, you're on a good horse. Cash Tin has a really good record, only the six starts, three wins, but uh, everybody's probably thinking the same thing. Second would be a great result because the New South Wales Derby winner, Better Be The Best, has drawn barrier one. He probably should win today and he'll be very hard to beat in the final because you would see a lot of him. He's had a Bathurst horse and, and he's just genuinely high quality. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, as I just mentioned. But, um, yeah, Cash, we got off Jem, um, a sister from Shields up north, and sent him down here just trying to win his um, New South Wales bonus. And once he got here, he's just kept on hitting his going from strength to strength. And um, he's won a couple now and doing a great job for us. Um, I, I do think the horse is probably better suited over the long trip. He'll run all day. But um, this man English. Uh, style of racing will probably suit him as well. He can just run the nice quarters the whole way. So, um, yeah, it's hard. It's better be that strong one. I'd say he'll probably just get his own way and uh, take off on straightening. So the rest of us will be fighting it out for second and third, I'd say. The stable also has Rip, who is potentially going to be in the Eureka. Now, he was only fourth, and he had his chance the other night at Menango on Saturday night. What did you make of Rip? And is he still definitely on track for the Eureka? Yeah, there's been a couple of people ask that question, and I wasn't too worried at all. We know he's not a real front-running horse. He, um, he just gets lost out in front. For a big fellow that can stir up on a helmet, just you know, tapping him along and asking him to keep going when he's out in front, and it just doesn't suit him. So given um, Eureka such a quality field, I don't think we would be walking too many quarters, so... As long as the speed's on and he's got a nice trail into the race, I think you get to the best of him. He's, um, he's right where we want him. And I know Sunday night, everyone thought was probably a little bit disappointing to see him go down like that. But uh, if you watched the week before with the trail, he's just felt stupid. He got out late, flew home in quick sectionals and was running right through the line. Um, can't fold his heart rate. He's Right, right on point with that. Even after Saturday night, his heart rate was still mid 80. So he's, he's thereabouts. He's learning to run this mile and a half trip with, with ease. And um, yeah, take him to the Eureka. If the speed's on and we get a nice trail there and land somewhere prominent, well, yeah, I, I still think he's right. You know? All right, Doug, you've been his regular driver. I, I presume you're driving him in the Eureka? <laughs> yeah, I hope so, anyway. <laughs> we haven't spoke about it, but. Um, yeah, Rip's my dual melody. I, I sort of, I look after him and I'll probably spoil him a little bit. Nowhere near as much as I burn does with dual melody. She um, she gets pats and ticks all the time. I'm a bit too busy for that, but I, I like to do everything with him, that's for sure. All right. What's it like for a guy like yourself who, who drives at Menangle plenty, but... You know, you may not drive in that many Group 1 races and you definitely haven't driven a many $2.1 million races. Is it exciting to think this is round the corner, not just for you and the stable and the owners, but for harness racing in New South Wales and Australia? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Everyone's eyes are on this race and they have been for a while now. We've done 
Thomas Racing's done a great job promoting it, and um, it's starting to get a lot of attention from outside the sport, which is the best thing about it. I know there was a lot of queries about it and where the money was coming at the start, but we've seen what the Everest has done for Gallatin, and this is our chance to put Harness Racing on the map. So to be a part of the first ever Everest, uh, Eureka, sorry, is just yeah, unreal feeling for um, not just myself, but the stable and everyone that works with us. And we, we've got the Western District slot, and we're hoping to have a fair bit of Western Districts behind us. So um, if we can take a lot of that down to the city and have a fair crack at, against all these high-quality horses, um, yeah, we're looking forward to it. Doug, you know it's a serious harness racing night when the, the harness racing drivers or trainers wear a tie. Is there any chance you'll wear a tie to the Eureka in 12 days' time? Never been much fun to wear a tie, Mick. Uh, I like to pop that top button open a fair bit, so um, I'll, I'll have to see. The wife might have a difference to say, so she'd probably lay one out for me considering it's such a big night, but uh, we'll work that out as it gets closer, I'd say, Something to think about, Doug. Mate, um, look, congratulations to the family on the weekend, the big win at Albion Park. Uh, good luck today, and, mate, it's great to have you guys representing the West in, uh, in the Eureka. It's an it's a awesome race just around the corner. We look forward to being part of the build-up with you. No worries. Thanks for having me, Mick. Doug Hewitt, good of him to stop in uh, as he's on the way to Menangle and they have some really good chances today. So bonus meeting today. Menangle starts just after 12 o'clock in a huge programme. These are the Breeders' Challenge Blues and there'll be four finals from these heats today on Eureka Night. That's 12 days away. Also at the Eureka in 12 days will be Andy Gath. He trains the second favourite catch a wave. And Andy, just talking to Doug Hewitt, I'm sure you caught the end of that. Um, there is a real buzz now, isn't there? It's a, it's a different type of buzz because we're used to Inter-Dominions and we're used to Miracle Miles, but we're all sort of venturing into something new. And I think everybody's pretty excited to be part of it. You, probably more than most. Yeah, no, um, I've known for a long time that I'm going to be part of this race. And, um, yeah, to have the opportunity for the first running of it to have a horse that's got a real-life chance of winning, um, yeah, no, it's pretty special. Where's Catch a Wave at? Because I know you have the option to either race this week at Melton or more than likely trial. Which one of those two options are you going to take? Uh, probably at this stage, I'll probably go to trial him on Tuesday at Melton. Uh, he's nominated for Saturday, but unlikely that I'll race him. But I just, one of those things, just nominate, have a look and still think about it. Just trying to keep the options open. But I'd say 90% chance you go to the trials Tuesday at Melton and That'll be sort of his last season hit out before the Eureka, before he travels up to Sydney. He was beaten two starts ago by the stable mate, and to be honest, I think he just exhaled about the 50-metre mark, Andy, and sort of yeah. just lost lost interest. Um, in his next start, again, he was shutting up shop close to the line, but he had worked a lot harder and a lot quicker time. Are there any concerns there that he's just mucking around a little bit and losing concentration, or do you think the more he races, the more he'll dial into it? Yeah, you know, it's not ideal leading into a big race like this. Um, you know, I, I think his second start, he, um, he had to sustain a long run. It was probably a little bit more getting tired as well. But, you know, you know when when you sort of watch it up in the stand, you can sort of see him. He does start a little bit and does lose a little bit of concentration. So, um, 
Yeah, hopefully um, he gets it out of his system, and you know he's pretty good at home, pretty sharp. So um, yeah, it's just one of those things. He, he sort of, as we know, he's a pretty unique character. You never know what to expect from him. He has come along from what he has been, but um, yeah. So hopefully, um, big crowd there. He's got too many other things to worry about, and forgets about turning off and switching off. So um, yeah. I'm not sure there's much we can do about it. Um, again, he, he doesn't do it at home. Um, he doesn't always do it at his races. Um, so it's just one of those things that uh, we hopefully um, it's right on the diet. Is there a gear change you can make? Can you put pull-up blinds, pull-down blinds, or any of those sort of things which you, you are reserving for the Eureka? Yeah, he, he does wear a shadow roll. Um, you know, he wears block eyes with sort of holes holes in them so he can see horses outside him. So he's had a few different gear changes along the way, but probably the last sort of six or seven starts we've sort of kept it the same and we've had a lot of success doing that, so um, sometimes it's not broken, you don't want to fix it, you don't have to fix it, but um, yeah, so we'll just see, we'll probably determine what he does at the trials on Tuesday, if he sort of does it again then we might be forced to do something different, but um, at the moment we'll just leave things as they are. How much of a confidence boost is the fact you've been to Menangle and won a Chariots and, more importantly, won a Miracle Mile? You've been through the retention barn situation, so therefore he can obviously come out of a retention barn and perform. How much does that give you confidence that you'll get the best version of Catch a Wave to the Eureka? Yeah, I think I'm in a pretty fortunate position. Um, you know, we made three trips to Menangle up and up and back the highway, and he travelled really good each time. Um, Two times he, he had to go to a retention barn and he just settled in unbelievably well. I think out of all the horses there, he'd done better than anything. He ate everything. He drank well. So um, there's no surprises for us heading up there. Um, you know, we know he's going to travel well. We know he's going to eat well. We know he's going to drink well. He's going to settle in well. So, so there'll be no excuses for him. And we're time to probably try and mirror the work load that we've done heading into the chariots and heading into the Miracle Mile as well. So... You know, we've got things that have happened previously that wasn't put in place to have him spot on for the for the big race on, on you know, Saturday week. A lot of our galloping trainers listening to this would absolutely freak out about the thought of a retention barn because when you put 10, or in this case 14 horses, all from the same race, all in the same spot, and some of them are stallions, so they're directly staring at other horses... It's, there's nowhere to hide, Andy. Is it an unusual environment to be in, having everybody crammed into the same barn? And for those who don't know, the retention barn at Menangle is about, about 40 metres long and 20 metres across. So, Andy, if you've tried to put all 24 Melbourne Cup contenders in one barn or all the 12 from the Everest in the same barn, I'm picking it wouldn't go down very well. What's it like in there and what unique challenges does it present? Yeah... Again, I think having a gelding, um, you know, probably helps me a little bit. Uh, previously, um, I know when Caravan Blast was there, he didn't settle in real well. And some of the colts really do struggle with the retention barn. Um, probably going on, um, they're sort of, yeah, they're sort of like, once they're taken out of their environment, they sort of carry on a little bit. So it does take them a little bit longer to adjust. Um, you know, sometimes you can see other horses and you can see that they don't settle too well. Um Personally, I don't think Rip settled that well last time's retention Barney. He probably carried it a little bit, and so did Tim's the trooper uh, for for the chariots, and they probably performed a little bit below their best because of it. Um, so yeah, just sort of um, yeah, it's good that we all get on well. It's sort of confined space with people you're competing against, but us trotting people are all, all probably good friends. We all socialise with each other as well. So um, and we all there to help each other out too. 
all there for the same thing and looking after the horse's welfare more than anything. So, um, yeah, no, it's a unique situation. Again, I'm fortunate that my horse, you know, he loves being there and hopefully um, it's the same again. And, you know, there's going to be a couple of other horses that are probably going to take a little bit of time to settle in and might not eat as well, but it is sort of close enough to the races. It's probably not been in the world if they don't sort of eat everything. But, um, but if you're a trainer and you're in that situation, it just sort of puts a little bit more stress on you. The general perception is that because you won a Miracle Mile, you have the big rolling speed horse, and he's won a couple of 1,200-metre races, and that the favourite leap to fame is maybe, maybe the superior stayer. Is that fear, and what do you think that means over 2,400 metres in 12 days' time? Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Obviously, um, leap to fame, we've all been, um, you know, you know, what he's been able to do has just been unbelievable, some of his runs, and obviously um, he's such a strong horse and strong stayer. You know, to win multiple derbies are always over long distance, and admittedly he got beaten with Blacks of Fake, but he still was an enormous run running the times they did sitting outside him. So I, I think the 2400's completely in his wheelhouse, um, leap to fame. Uh, saying that, I still think my bloke's a pretty good, you know, I think... To be a good miler, you've got to be really strong as well. So it all gets down to tempo related what type of run you have. But you think it's going to be a brutally run 2,400. Um, I think Grant, you know, probably you have in his head the best way for him to win is the faster the mile rate, the best chance he's got of winning. So um, I don't think there's going to be anywhere to hide. Um, and Angle's quite a big track. And if they run time, um, there's probably not going to be any any horses held out, held up or whatever. I think everyone's going to get their chance. And... Yeah, no, sort of looking forward to it, but again, you know, the barrier draw is going to play a lot of role into it, and um, my bike's got pretty good gauge speed, and if he can sort of draw quite well, um, obviously four's the best he can draw now, um, he's got opportunity to lead, but he's probably shown too, he's pretty versatile too, he's sent a death in one of chariots, he's come from behind one plenty of races, so he's a pretty good racehorse, but um, the competition is going to be pretty strong. Mate, you're in a, a very unusual position in the fact that your wife is also your number one stable driver and an outstanding driver. She's won almost every big race you can win, Kate Gath. Before a race, say you're drawing barrier five next week in the Eureka, do you suggest to Kate what she might do? Do you guys discuss it in the 10-hour float trip from, from Melton to Menangle or... Is it a case that you discuss the potential of different scenarios and leave it to her? Because I'm sure drivers like jockeys don't want too many voices in their head when they're out there. No, well, the 10-hour float trip should be jumping on plane flying up. You guys send me by myself, Mip, and doesn't like being in confined space with me for that long. So, um, it's, understa- but, it's understandable, Andy. <laughs> yeah, it is, you know. Um, but we try and go through every different scenario possible. So if that scenario happens in a race and she's got a split-second decision to make it, that's already gone through her head. So uh, as much as, um, you know, you, you sometimes you don't want to take on too, informa- too much information, but, uh, yeah, we like to go through... Before the Miracle Mile, we went out in the... Don't take this the wrong way, Nick. We went out in the horse float car park just to sit in the car and just to, you know, find a quiet space and just discuss every different scenario possible um, and we went through what would this happen if that happened and whatever and it will be the same for this race too you know we like to think um, we're pretty prepared for big races you only get one crack at it and we're all human we can all make mistakes but if you're not prepared for 
I think, um, you know, we'll never forgive ourselves. So, um, yeah, yeah, we'll go through all the many different scenarios that might happen. And, yeah, Kate takes it all on board. And, you know, I think that's why she's had such a great record in big races too that, um, yeah, she's gone there sort of pretty well aware of what might happen. Mate, it's a great uh, great skill to have, that ability to communicate between driver and trainer, let alone husband and wife. Mate, thanks for the insight into Catch a Wave. It's, um, is it exciting for you? Is it a case now that you're going through a process and you'll get excited next week? Or having been to some of the biggest races in Australasia multiple times, are you more all about the process and trying to not think about the excitement value? Um. Oh, it's definitely about the process. and been fortunate I've been in this business a few times before, but uh, I'm excited. There's no doubt about that. And I think the build-up to this race has been unbelievable. Um, you know, we've got... It's by no means a two-horse race, um, to my mind, but, you know, catch away and left of home, they're two great horses and hopefully um, going to go head-to-head a lot of times in the future and have some great clashes. Um, so... Yeah, no, no, I'm really looking forward to it. And, yeah, I, I just kind of, everyone I talked to in Victoria, they said, I'll see you at the Eureka City, Eureka. So I think most of Victoria's going to head up there as well. So it's going to be a great crowd. And, yeah, and we all know what's happened with uh, Catch Wave, with Richard Matthews passing on, you know, about 11 months ago and the family sort of taking over the ownership of the horse and what the horse has done for them. So, so it'd be great to get the job done. But if we don't, it's great to be part of it anyway. Mate, we're looking forward to it. Um, thanks for taking the time to talk to our listeners, and uh, yeah, we will see you in uh, in Sydney at Menangle in 12 days' time. Uh, thanks a lot. Andy Gath has Catch a Wave, the second favourite uh, for the Eureka. Leap to Thames, the $1.75 favourite with Tab, Catch a Wave at 3.5. David Watson is the man in charge of racing at Club Menangle. Uh, no need to ask you this question, David, or know the answer, but some of the listeners wouldn't have heard from you. You must be bloody excited because 2.1 million, richest harness race in the world, and to be honest, of the horse pool available, which is very, very deep, you seem to have got almost the perfect 10 possible contenders. Morning, Mick. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. We couldn't have hoped for a better field. Um, I don't think this field will ever... In, in its entirety, will ever compete against each other again. And what a unique event to be all coming together in this one opportunity for the Eureka for $2.1 million. The race itself couldn't have hoped for a better uh, inaugural running. It's just fantastic. And the results over the weekend have only fortified that. Some sensational results here and in Victoria, which has led to, I think, probably the greatest race maybe potentially in the last 20 or 30 years in New South Wales at least. All right, let's talk about the timeline of what happens next. At the moment, we have 10 confirmed finalists, and there's going to be four emergencies, which I believe will be confirmed today. What happens in regards to the barrier draw? What happens in regards to um, the retention barn and when the horses have to be there, and then on the actual day itself? So let's begin with the barrier draw. When and where? The barrier reveal is next Wednesday, not this coming Wednesday, but next Wednesday at the Museum of Contemporary Art in at the Rocks. It'll be conducted at 9 o'clock. It will be live on Sky. Now, really important, all horses are included to the barrier draw, which includes the emergency. So it's 1 to 14, but it's 1 to 10 off one line only here on the night. But those emergencies are included into the barrier draw. Um, 
being that it's a preferential draw on age and then sex. So it's really important that they uh, take a really important part in the race. Hopefully the 10 horses are all good here on the night, but just in case one of them have to be used, um, they're included into the barrier draw. That's next Wednesday at the Museum of Contemporary Art. Wano, why is it on a Wednesday, usually the barrier draws for Menango or a Monday night? Why, why is it a touch later? Uh, look, there's availabilities. You want to get as much exposure as we can. Wednesday was a really good morning. I know when we do Miracle Miles and then the Minions, it's usually done on the Sunday or the Monday. We know the field, um, which is really important. So there'll be the pre-post betting before the barrier draw, which is also a time for punters to have a look. They might see a bit of value, but you sort of know what the barrier draws are going to be. Um, the three-year-olds, of course, there's four of them there. They'll draw one to four, which includes two emergencies. Those emergencies are now declared. That's uh, Don Hugo, naturally gifted. He's a son of a gun and tins a trooper. Really important. They aren't first, second, third and fourth emergencies. They are common emergencies. So if a horse should come out, they can choose whatever one of those four horses to take their spot. Um, so, and maximum exposure. Wednesday was a really good time that we could get some exposure to the race, which it deserves. So whilst we know what the barrier draw sort of is, there is some finalisation on that. So it wasn't really important, but it was more about the promotion of the event. A great spot there in the rocks near Circular Quay. So um, the media there, as I said, will be live on Sky Channel. So I'm sure there'll be a lot of interest in that. There'll be a Sky Channel preview of the Eureka 1 o'clock next Wednesday as well, so a one-hour preview show to discuss that barrier draw. All right, I presume the horses go to the retention barn on Thursday, Wano, is that correct? Look, um, Harness Racing New South Wales make the ultimate decision, the final decision, on when they come in. History would point to Thursday. That's when the Miracle Miles and that have usually come in, is Thursday at lunchtime. So history would say Thursday, as I said, Harness Racing New South Wales and the Integrity Department make that final call. But what I'd like to stress is that the retention barn is used for all our major races and it was used for the singer the other night. And can you imagine, Mick, like state of origin teams, grand final teams, um, huge sporting events, where this is so unique, all these participants will be living under the one roof for the 48 hours leading up to it. No other sporting event does that. Can you imagine the two state of origin teams being told they're on the same floor in the same motel leading up to a state of origin game? All these horses, all the trainers, all the drivers will be living together for 48 hours. I'm sure there'll be a few fibs told on uh, what the plans are for the race. And I've just heard Andy Gass, like there's Catch a Wave and Leap to Fame, two horses that I'm sure aren't going to leave any cheap speed in the race. They are arguably one and two ranked in Australia at the moment. Um, maybe Leak to Fame could be one of the leading horses in the world at the moment, but they're not going to leave any cheap speed in this race. Catch a wave, like not too many horses win the chariots and straight into the Miracle Mile, and what he did the other night at Melton was unbelievable. But while they're not leaving any cheap speed in the race, we've seen the, maybe the emergence of a new superstar, Captain Hammerhead, here the other night. What a fantastic run for David Moran. Natural Gifted was huge in that race as well. He's an emergency. They're three-year-olds. I know their birth certificates might say four, but they're racing as three-year-olds. Everything's just falling into place for this perfectly, mate. Wano, before we let you go, um, and thank you for your time this morning, I believe most of the hospitality packages for September the 2nd at Menangle are sold. For people who want to go along, if they want to go to GA, do they have to pay? We have Birds of Tokyo after the last... 
is that free as well? And if you do want to make a bigger night of it, is there any possibility of a hospitality sit-down ticket somewhere? Look, Miracle Mile Restaurant's been booked out two weeks ago. Um, it's closed off. Uh, the Tanya Harris Marquee's closed off. There is still a couple in the cocktail party down in the Lawn Marquee. That's the giant marquee down there. It's a cocktail party, which is located right beside the stage where the birds of Tokyo will be playing. It's free. Please get onto the website. You can do a pre-registration, which gives you all the info that you'll require on the night, and that includes the free transport. That's coming from the Campbelltown MacArthur region. Free buses, free trains. They drop you off at the door to the turnstiles. Everything's free, but I really encourage the people to get on that pre-registration on the Plum and Angle website. It'll give you all the updates on info and what's happening on the night. Um, yep, that uh, concert starts straight after the last at 930 but, yeah, there's a few tickets left and not many. I can tell you there's not many left in that lawn marquee. Other than that, you'll just be uh, appreciating the atmosphere on the hill here at the facilities at Club Angle. Well, I know everybody's excited. We're looking forward to it. Uh, us here on Sky Sport Radio via Brittany, myself and Fred are going to keep everybody updated. Uh, if anything happens we need to know, you make sure you text us and we'll get it across to Dave Stanley, Luke and everybody else involved to keep our listeners up to date. Uh, 12 days to go, Wano. We'll be talking to you again before the Eureka. Sounds good. I really appreciate your support on this too, Mick. Thank you. The, um, no problems. It's, it's an incredibly hard thing not to support. It's going to be wonderful. So timelines. Field is basically sorted. Barrier draw Wednesday week. That's nine days away. Horses head to retention barn probably Thursday. I believe we're going to have some special radio Breakfast with the Stars type stuff on the Friday. Our usual winners will be the same day. And Sky Television, so Sky Channel, will have a preview at 1pm straight after the barrier draw on Wednesday week. And then I believe there's going to be extended coverage, not normal Sky coverage of harness racing, but Sky Channel could well be extended. From what I'm hearing, we won't confirm this just yet, to Sky Thoroughbred Central. We may well have the big channel available for the Eureka for you to watch. All that will be confirmed. Myself, Brittany, Fred, and everybody else involved is behind the Eureka. We'll keep you up to date. We've gone a little bit over time. Thanks for the opportunity to talk about the Eureka. They kick off at Menangle today at 12.22.